you know, I, I probably it's more on me. I've been busier now than ever before. And just, uh, you know, as history starts catching up to events that are happening that I've, you know, written in my book, I'm just getting all kinds of um, activity questions. Um, my email, I'm not kidding you. It's like 200 a day if I don't yeah. answer. And, you know, and, and I think a very important part of my ministry is to try to stay personable and connected to the individual. So, but that's, um, that's, that's a difficult thing to do when there's that many, there's only one of you. So what, what do you do? You know, actually only 50 of them are legitimately, you know, real urgent kind of situations, but every day that's a lot to process. So I, I have to get up extra early in the morning, you know, just to deal with that part. Uh, that is usually the first thing I do in, in the morning. I have to tell people now recently that, um, emailing me is probably the best way to contact me. I don't always get my um, texts right away. I don't always get my voicemail right away. And on Facebook, oh my gosh, sometimes three, four days until I get an instant message of something that's relevant, you know, that's going on. And I, yep. you know, to some people, it might sound kind of crazy, but it's the Chinese. I know it's Chinese hackers. Yeah. They go in and out, in and out real quick so that, you know, you're we're connected but then it's we get a pop-up message that says that we're no longer on the internet and yet yep. we are on the internet. so this is the game that they play and so this has been repetitive and not only to us but i mean it's been happening to a lot of other people on the um well communication blackout is part of the thing that we're going to experience so not only just you know talking to you on skype i i noticed it for example trying to text my dad that lives northwest of Minneapolis, about 45 minutes. When I text him, it don't, I don't have it with anybody else, but when I text him, um, it takes about eight to 10 hours before that text shows up on his phone. And he doesn't have that issue with anybody that he texts, you know, in there. So it's, it's state to state, um, you know, it's censorship. Uh, and one of the things we're gonna see obviously is, you know, the shutting down of more, social media accounts and the media is already setting up the internet to go down and what they're going to what they've been talking about is the sun right they're going to say the sun is going to interfere and mess up all the communication so that's their cover story even though that's not what it is but i know that trump the space force the nsa they have a backup plan um the emergency broadcast system obviously I don't think the internet will be down forever, um, but it will be down for a period of time. It's pretty pretty obvious because they need to try to control the narrative for the, well, the forensic audit, which yeah. in Arizona, I mentioned to you earlier that next week, Monday, I believe uh, they're going to present uh, the cyber, uh, what is it, the cyber, not cyber monkey, cyber, I forget the name of the company that did the audit, the forensic audit of their ballots, and then all the, the hacking of their voting machines. Uh, but they're going to present their findings to the Senate. And then on Friday, if my sources are correct, on Friday, the 24th at 1 p.m., it'll be released to the public. So I would say to people, prepare to see a lot of the news cycle clogged up with, you know, nonsensical uh, other things that don't have anything to do with this. Uh, there's now tomorrow's the 18th, which is they're supposed to have that event at Washington DC. Again, they put all the fences back up again. They're, there's more, they, they're, 
you know, they're telling us, none of us don't go to that thing. Don't show up. If you're a Trump supporter, don't go near that because it's, you're going to have Antifa. You're going to have Black Lives Matter. They're going to be dressed up as QAnon supporters and Trump supporters. And the media is going to try to blame us as the kooks because our, our Trump didn't go back in when we expected him on August, which I thought was kind of a head fake anyway. So right. um, the other thing is uh, the... Um, Everybody needs to prepare to put some food aside if they haven't already. September is National Pre Prepare Month um, because they're going to, uh, you're going to start seeing the food supply affected. Now, this is probably going to be more prominent in your, your highly urbanized, highly populated areas. So if you're more rural, you may be a little less affected, but it's still good to prepare, have food set aside because um, they're going to mess with the food sources um, in terms of the supply and demand. Um, we could even see some economic issues with um, even being able to buy food to begin with because um, part of this um, global reset is, um, you know, we're going to see inflation basically kind of raise up here. And so you may end up going to the grocery store and having to be pay a, a substantial amount of money for a very minimal amount of food. So now how long this will go on, I can't say for certain, but you know, I think, you know, having a good maybe two month supply um, would be a good idea in my, in my opinion. This is what the prophecies that uh, David Wilkerson said, his last, his last sermon in one, it, within one hour, um, he said that it was going to, you know, it would look like it was a civil war but it's only going to last two months. And so he said, prepare, you know, with medicine, with food, water, um, for two months supply. You're two months, you're going to be okay. So I think this isn't thus saith the Lord, but as, as all the information and news is coming in, my gosh, there's some kind of major um, uh, announcement that's supposed to happen September 22nd that's going to shake the world and all this kind of stuff. And this, these are coming from several different news sources, from uh, conservative news sources, not necessarily Christian, but conservative. And uh, I'm going, OK. And then the 23rd, that's interesting. That's the day that CERN has always consistently fired up for the last, you know, bunch of uh, years. Yep. And all the attention was once drawn to that. Now, if you mention September 23rd, everybody rolls their eyes and goes, oh, yeah, right. Oh, here we go again. Yep. So not to date anything, but I just think that, you know, certain things are always consistent with the Jewish festivals. Um, so maybe I, I'm telling everybody that within the, the end of the year, this reset is going to hit. And if they thought COVID changed the world overnight. This, this is going to change the world. Everything. We're talking a, a sim, a what would appear to be a simultaneous alien and real rapture. And a rapture that, okay, pre-trib, but not like anything you have ever been taught or understood. And when this happens, people, including Christians, are going to be, be so confounded. They're going to be so, like, blindsided. With, Why am I still here? What's going on? What's happening? You know. What yep. just happened with the aliens? And and I mean, you can't discredit the amazing amount of recent, uh, and you've been sending them to me pretty regularly here, even more recent ones than the last time that we've had a broadcast. Many, many more people seeing this um, 
Alien Rapture. Yep. Rapture Dreams on YouTube. Oh. More and more showing up of people seeing when the rapture happened, uh, the, the UFO one happened in tandem, and they made mention of how the media used the UFO thing as the cover for the rapture to discredit it, um, you know, as, as all these people had been abducted. And that's actually like the most, you know, the one that comes to my mind is the one I've, we've mentioned uh, in the past show, this, this Catherine, this little uh, nine, 10 year old in, Indonesian girl that basically made the comment about the news cycle. And, you know, the big thing she said is that Trump became president. She called him the last president after the rapture. That's something she specifically said. Right. And we're looking at the landscape and we can literally see that it does not matter where you look uh, in terms of politically, whether you're, you're you're Democratic or Republican, it's corrupt. Uh, Hollywood is corrupt. The world elite is corrupt. Uh, you know, and this is you know you know even on the political landscape, from federal down to your local level, you have mayors that are corrupted that are implicated in this. Um, uh, the judicial system we can see is corrupt, and you're looking at this, and how are we ever going to get justice for what these people you know, are doing? Exactly. And and the conclusion has always been this: we're not unless God intervenes. And and in my my sense, and as, as your sense is, is that uh, the rapture is going to clear the the way for this. It literally turned the world upside down, just yep. as David Wilkerson said. And good will be evil, and evil will be good. And if you can think of a manipulation of space and time to make a rapture counter rapture almost simultaneous yes that would be the best scenario to confuse everyone yeah this is why you know eric i've been desperately trying to work on i've only got two little tiny spaces left in my museum i have literally a lifetime's um last 26 years of study and research on this and 42 years in ministry compiling everything in a very easy pictorial word picture style and with all the scriptures to back up everything um, that's about to happen right now people even in my own ministry who i i gotta say that you know in all this time they appreciate me i'd say they love me they uh, it's for my work and my service that i do that has absolutely nothing to do with the ufo alien stuff but many of them most of them are afraid or uncomfortable to come down and check things out because knowledge is accountable and this is far outside of the box even for them i don't take it personal i understand i understand it it's scary to hear new things you want to be faithful to god you want to be faithful to everything you've ever been taught about god and so when new stuff like this way out of the box comes in you you don't want to go down a slippery slope to be deceived so i don't take any of this personal i realize that that um, it's too far ahead of itself. But now, as they're seeing events happening in history, history starting to catch up with what I wrote in, in my book. And people are seeing it. And now, like it or not, they're realizing, I better know about this stuff. So I've started to get appointments for people that are wanting to come down and check things out. Uh, 
you know, because, well, I got the strange situation at my, you know, my, my, um, my own house in Shelby, which was uh, kind of an upscale neighborhood, um, became a place for my youngest son and his, uh, my four grandchildren and his stay-at-home wife. Uh, they ended up homeless because of the COVID thing. So I let him live in my house. I finally gave him the title to my house. Um, and I moved into my ministry office, which, you know, became the, um, the museum. It was going to be in the museum anyway, but it kind of accelerated itself once I got moved in here and, you know, was able to work 24-7 whenever I wanted to. Um, and it's come a long way, but, um, you know, for now, people are starting to be aware of it. Uh, they want to come and... I think that the trigger mechanism is going to be this this rapture event. Yeah. Uh, you know, the controversy has always been, oh well, if you know one, then you'll know the other, and nobody can know the hour of the day. No, God has uniquely arranged it through the scriptures and everything else. No, we don't know the day, and no. we don't know the time. We we can see the seasons. We can know that we're in that time. We're in the last last days. Um, but. Um, I would not be, how can I put it, without date setting, I would not be too surprised if we're only months away from seeing this finally happen. Yeah. And even myself, I find myself almost in a surrealistic third person life now. You know, it's like, my gosh, it's, it's really happening. It's really starting to line up. I mean, when when this event happens, it's going to be a domino effect. There's going to be, and we've discussed this on other programs, you know, that not just one event's going to happen. There's going to be a like a domino effect where where four or five other successive things are going to happen all at one time. Yep. See the Ezekiel 38 description of a war. It's not Armageddon. Some people may misperceive it to be such as, and the devil is going to try to put it ahead of time thinking that that's what it is. It's not Armageddon. It is the Ezekiel 38 chapter war for the first time in, in since that prophecy was ever, ever given, all of the countries, all of this political situation, every all the mechanics that are that necessitate that narration is now existing at one time. So we got to know that, you know, that time is like right down the road. So that's one of the events that will happen in succession. Um, I truly believe that in the Tim LaHaye thing where the Antichrist gets assassinated and comes back to life thing is going to do in a same but opposite something uh, related to Trump, yep. whether, it's, whether it's faked out or whether it's actually real, something is going to happen that will appear to be that kind of a scenario. Um, I want to be very cautious on the details. I don't know, but I do know that something to that effect is going to happen where everybody's going to go, aha, see, Trump was the Antichrist. No, he's not. He's fulfilling other scripture that um, has nothing to do with the Left Behind series. And that isn't to disrespect Tim LaHaye or his Left Behind series. Um, his, the gospel was presented in that, even though I don't agree with the eschatology of the events and, that are filled with many man-made traditions the gospel was presented that man has led more people to the lord you know millions to the lord through his movies because the the basic gospel is presented just as the late great planet earth uh led many to the lord that, that you know 60 years ago i think um 
um, Hal Lindsey did the best he had with what he, the best he could with what he had at the time, but knowledge has increased, which means our revelation and understanding of current events are going to be different now than compared to 50 years ago, because prophecy is in revelation is progressive as we go through the ages. So we're a human tendency. We're always trying to fit our current present time into that situation. But this one time unique that we're living in now, we don't have to press or prove anything. It's happening right before us on the everyday uh, uh, news screens. And uh, well, unless you're watching CNN, if you're watching CBN, yeah, you're going to get more of a truth of God's plan and God's ways. But CNN, you're going to get the, the twisting. I, I'm amazed. I don't watch much network TV anymore, but a few programs I do watch. And so sometimes I get the news bits in between. And I'm just amazed at the, how they twist and distort things and turn it right around. And they have like carte blanche. They have total backup and support of uh, the left and the right. Because yep. this, this is a thing. This, this corruption has permeated uh, not just liberal Democrats, but so-called conservative rhino Republicans. I mean, it, it's in both sides. So if you're one is still clinging that, you know, one party's right and one party's wrong, you don't get the whole picture. Your yes. own party, left or right, is just as corrupt as the other side because we're yes. dealing with globalists that have no recognition of national uh, independency or, or pride or protection. Um, they have a one world agenda. It's called Agenda 21, where basically um, six and a half billion of us have to die in order to have a manageable, sustainable population. Um, you know, it's I guess it's just for some people, it's just too big to be believable. But that that's what the whole end time apocalypse is. The apocalypse, meaning the pulling back of the veil, the rev up, the revealing of what kind of mess we're really in and how did we get here? Well, we didn't get here with just conventional means. We got here with very unconventional means, with high technology that's been hidden from the public that already exists. Once we begin to understand that, now we can see the bigger picture to global and world events. I know, you know, in my own personal, and this has been a first for me, I mean, most of my work has been cyberspace i guess you might say you know, through my um at one time my youtube videos with over ten thousand, you know followers and and even now with my facebook it's like 35 36 almost 3600 you know people um now it's live in person i found a ministry actually ministries that that i have connected with that um I'm actively involved with every day and I see a trend going through all of them. I see that recently many of us have had an opportunity, almost like a, a rest or a break, uh, a fellowship with one another. We've formed it like a game night every Saturday night where we come in and just fellowship and then just, you know, relax and have good fun, you know, playing games. But we've also used it as a missionary outreach bringing others in to come and see that, you know, that in the midst of all of this stuff, we can have a peace that passes all understanding and we can give them hope. And, and through playing games, we can do that. And it's been quite an interesting ministry. Um, recently, it's almost like with all of us, we've been able to connect with family, connect with friends, 
old friends that we hadn't seen in years, uh, people that have been really positive in our lives. We're reconnecting and getting to visit or, you know, reestablish uh, connections. And it's almost like God saying, okay, for what you're ready to face, I am going to get you strengthened by the bond or there was a movie series called a band of brothers and it was a combat situation. It was showing how camaraderie and teamwork uh, and having faith and belief in, in each other endured them through the hardest times of some of the worst scenes in, in world war two is a pretty awesome movie. I just, I, I saw it on one time and I started binge watching it. It's one of those things I couldn't put down, but it's just very reflective of the times that we're in now because we're in a spiritual battle. We're in a battle in the heavenlies. We're in a battle on earth. And uh, there was there was scripture. We've been going through Ephesians, which is that's the perfect one for spiritual warfare, the whole thing. Um, we've been studying that book uh, verse by verse, line by line, you know, um, chapter by chapter. And I just taught last uh, Wednesday on uh, chapter three. And the amazing thing is that God is setting a precedence, not only uh, pulling back the veil of revelation for humans on earth, but also for the angels in heaven. And there's a revelation going on there where even the angels aren't fully aware um, and, and knowing and understanding that they're outside of time and, you know, from beginning and end. But even then, in somehow, even all of the, I guess you might say, the inhabitants of heaven aren't fully aware of how God's plan is being played out. So they themselves are being taught and revealed things that are going on in heaven that they hadn't had prior knowledge to. Um, I find that pretty incredible, especially since I have a, a concept of a little bit of a concept, biblical concept of living outside of, of uh, time where heaven would be. And yet some of these things still remain a ministry, a mystery. And when we see scriptures, it says that we will um, that that um, when that which is perfect has come, then that which is done in part will be put away. We will know as we are known when we behold him face to face. That basically is saying we're not going to fully be able to wrap our head around these concepts until we're actually standing in front of Jesus. And now we know, even as we were known, well, he knew us before we were even created or born and spoke to us uh, our ministries, our callings, spoke it in the past tense, and yet telling us what was going to be. Um, for us, it was future, but he would speak to it as in the past tense because it has already happened from his perspective. So these things remain somewhat of a mystery, but I guess it shows us that that's the element of faith where faith comes in. We have to trust that if God's spoken these things, surely they're going to come to pass. We have to learn to stand on them. Right now, many of us, I think, are in a position where we aren't seeing ourselves going forward and we're term determined not to go backward. So all we can do is stand and wait upon the Lord. And the promises are that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And that's what we have to seek right now is to have that strength, uh, of that faith renewed. And that faith is not necessarily physical substance that we can see, touch, feel, but it's the faith in God's word, his provisions, of promises of protection and provision. And this includes even, uh, you know, even storing things for um, 
two months. I've heard people say, well, I'm, you know, I live in the city. I don't have any place to store anything and do anything. Well, then don't worry. Somebody else has already stored extra to help you out through. Maybe you're too busy just, you know, doing other things. There's God is so intricate that he's allowed some to do certain elements and other to do other elements and they fit together. But they might argue and fight with each other. Well, they don't. Because they, we basically do everything introspectively. Well, God didn't tell me that. He told me to do this. So you're you must be wrong. No, God's telling us each different things to do. Let's quit fighting and arguing about it and appreciate each other's um, abilities. One of the biggest things that we come out with recently was there's two people that are rather, rather vocal. And one, an old saint, I mean, he's been around, he's 83 years old. He remembers the day and a time that I'm even fresher than I do. But I mean, anybody less than, I would say, 62 years old doesn't know the world that I had seen prior to the beginning of the decline um, where a man's uh, handshake or his word was worth everything. You didn't need a lawyer or a contract or anything. And there was actually a world that lived like that at one time when you showed good work ethics and you were working in a place, they would put you to college and put you through four years. You had to sign a contract that you would work for them for four or five years, but they would pay your way. This was the American way. This is how America became great. You talk to people that are 57 and they look at you like, what? When did that ever happen? Um, it's because they missed the boat. They didn't get to see that America that I knew. I got to see just the very trail ends of it. And I turned 60 this year. So uh, 60, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> I turned 70 this year. Uh, so so somebody at, even at 57 or, or, or even maybe 60 is a little bit too young to actually remember some of these things because they changed and they changed abruptly suddenly uh within five years i would say it was put to death so there are some that been one of the controversies we had there's two people that publicly will protest one is the anti-abortion thing and i think it's awesome what he does the other guy he he's more or less the old testament fire you know stand on a you need to repent you need to you know turn or burn shake or bake kind of thing I love that guy. I mean, he he loves the Lord and he's very, very accurate. But people go, man, that guy's too intense, man. He's going to chase more people away than he's going to do any good. And and well, all those pictures of aborted fetuses and everything, isn't that a little bit over the top? Well, you know, they're far and few and I would not be one of them. I couldn't be included into it, but they're sledgehammers. They have to show this because some people are only going to take a God smack punch in the face to wake up, to, sh to shake up, to wake up. And so these people are needed. I wouldn't feel comfortable doing it. I probably wouldn't do it. Um, unless the Lord told me to. I catch bees with honey rather than with a fly swatter. But not all of us are called to be that way. So we have to appreciate each other in our differences to realize that each element has a place, has a niche. So anyways, that's just some of the things that, that I've been going through. But man, you've been going through a lot of, you know, with, with uh, the pillow guy and everything and all your, you know, different arrangements there in, in uh, South Dakota. So why don't you uh, tell us how's it been going on over there? Well, uh, in South Dakota, it, um, you know, life has actually gone about it pretty normal. And that's really more thanks to the, you know, the leadership we've had as a governor, which has made the difference. And it's a big thing that a lot of people are seeing is the contrast between 
certain states where people have their, their freedom. Uh, other than the health systems in my state and uh, the, the colleges and the public school systems that still want us to try to wear masks, um, which isn't working by the way, it's, it's falling apart and none of, no one's complying um, with it. Um, it just hasn't been successful here like it has been in other areas like California and New York, where now you have uh, the Institute, the, the vaccine passport. Okay, so now you need this passport uh, to basically uh, prove your vaccination so that you can go here or there or go to a restaurant or a brewery or, or whatever, a fitness club or, you know, uh, that's not what freedom is. And ironically, uh, one of the digital passports that you can use on your phone is made by IBM. Now, IBM, I don't know if you're aware of this, Jim. <laughs> okay, here's what I'm about to say. Yep. They made the system, I think it's the punch card system, correct me if I'm wrong, that was used in Nazi Germany to yes. track the Jews. And I thought, how ironic that that connection, that they make the digital passport to control where you can go uh, with this COVID vaccine passport thing. Um, but I, you know, I'm seeing like even in New York, uh, there's a lot of restaurants and a lot of places they're they're not they're not dealing with it. They're they're not complying, and that's going to be the key to this. Uh, you can't comply with this because if you if you give into this and you let them take that control, then what they're going to do is a little ways down the road they're going to say, okay, uh, it's been three to five months. It's time to take your booster. Do you want your freedom or not? Take your booster, we'll give you your freedom back. So if we don't stop it now, uh, we're going to lose it all. You know, the, the problem that I've had recently um, getting my um, my passport renewed, and that's on the fast track with, with our state because I've already had one. And to renew it is just a matter of uh, filling out one easy form, and within two weeks I got a renewed passport. But in England... <sighs> They're requiring, uh, now they're saying that it's not required now, but they've already had a contract uh, assigned with a company that's going to be distributing it. Um, it's a, a, uh, it's a necess necessary amendum on your passport that you have to show proof of um, vaccination uh, to go. Now, I realized that my faith, you know, now I've always said, there's no way I'm ever going to take a vaccination. Nothing in my forehead, nothing in my arm, no vaccinations ever, no way, no how. Now, all of a sudden, I'm faced with a situation. Can I believe God that no kind of poison is going to hurt me? Nothing made of man is going to hurt me. Am I willing to... Am I willing to stick to my old guns or am I willing to look at it and look? You're going to tell me this stupid little shot is going to keep me from um, from evangelizing and witnessing and sharing Christ to not only the people in England, but to five other nations in um, Europe, which is part of my little new renewed trip offer that I've been given. No, I don't think so. Jim, when are you supposed to go? October 14th is when I'm supposed to be. Uh, for a two-day seminar in London, England on the Genesis 6 paradigm and the hollow earth. Um, 
Then part of a roundtable discussion afterwards is to determine the strategy for implementing these, this information on three different continents for the next three and a half years. That's kind of important for me to be there. It's, it's an opportunity that was a door opened by the Lord. I am hoping and believing that somewhere in the late part of September is going to negate any concern that we might have in October. Now, let's it doesn't happen. Let's suppose that 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 things haven't. See, I, I look at every possible scenario and consider and prayerfully, Lord, okay, now, if this is, then what should I do? If this doesn't, then what should I do? So I'm looking at it as a no-brainer for me, really. Uh, my concern is how the press would put a spin on it. Because by then, I'm going to be more of a unknown personality in not just the United States. And God's kind of hid me for a time, but now he's, I'm not getting hid anymore. Now he's introducing me to the uh, rest of the world. And the doors are wide open for me. So you wouldn't think that an evangelical Christian minister that finally accepts the um, uh, vaccines, they wouldn't put a spin on that and play on it. Look, he did it. It must be okay. You know, so yeah. how do I, what do I do to prevent that from happening? Well, the Lord told me this. You go to everybody that you know that's prophetic and ask them. I want you to ask the Lord, what do you think I should do? Give me some understanding of the steps and the situation. Pray for me and give me an answer, whatever it is. If you think it's doom and gloom or bad, or what, I don't care. I want to know what you have to say. Now, by doing that, I have, let's say, at least, easily, 15 people. They come back to me and say, Jim, thus saith the Lord. You know what? And it's already happened. I already knew what they were going to say anyway. It's all consistent and solid. Don't worry about it. God has it in control. If you drink anything or take anything that, you know, poisonous, it won't harm you. You know, they're quoting scriptures from the, and the promises of the word. Um, in Isaiah, it says, and, you know, and no weapon formed against you shall proper, prosper. And these are the, the promises for them that put their trust in him, meaning Jesus, for, you know, this is for ageless, for all people, all times. So to me, that's a no-brainer. You know what? You're going you're gonna to let a little stupid shot prevent me from speaking and preaching the gospel and sharing and being a testimony and witness to three different continents, helping to form what's going to happen for the next three years. I think that's a no-brainer. I am going to do whatever it takes to go, and I'm not going to feel like I'm compromising my position or, my, or the enemy or anything. Um, I'd like to maybe make one small comment on that. So I have been seeing a lot of people uh, associating this shot as the mark. Right. Uh, it's incorrect. And I'll tell you why it's incorrect. Because in a lot of situations that we're seeing, like in Australia, like, for example, they were force inoculating kids, okay, against their right. will. Right, that's insane. We know that the mark is a situation where you are given the choice yes or no yes um, and you you will know that when you take it uh that you are rejecting god and you are acknowledging the god of this world satan as yes. as basically your creator um and you know 
our sense that the mark is actually uh, the offer of immortality to mankind based on science and technology um, so that you can live forever in this place and that you don't need God and you you can try to circumvent judgment. That's what the mark is. The shot is not it, even though I see a lot of it on stuff and basically saying if you take this shot, you've taken the mark and then you're you're doomed doomed to hell. That is not the case. So I just wanted to make a clarification on that. So absolutely. You know, in Genesis third chapter it says, and I will put enmity against thy seed and the seed of the woman. You sh and you shall bruise or or you shall bite his heel and make him set back, but he shall crush your head. I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically, you know, uh, what it says. And so that's a promise. And that is literally two seeds, God's seed and Satan's seed. And um, there's a natural hatred. So that hatred is actually an act of protection to keep us from assimilating and, and integrating with the other seed. You can't be a wheat and a tear. Um, you can't be a sheep goat. You're the one or the other. And they will withdraw themselves from us. They are going to hate us. They're going to hate the word. They're going to hate um, anything to do about God. They're not going to be worried about their position, you know, with God or anything. And as the time approaches, we're going to see more and more of this separation. So that is for our protection. So that one of the protections is Whatever the mark of the beast is, that means we are going to have to reject the God of the Bible. We can accept a cosmic Christ. We can accept all kinds of other um, uh, misrepresentations, but not the God of the Bible. And, of course, you see now, you know, it's playing played out more and more everywhere where God, you know, Jesus is being redefined as a setted master. I mean, one of the most popular books in Israel was a Jewish man that said, you know, Adolf Hitler could come back as an ascended master work out his karma and actually be uh, a messianic figure uh, <laughs> and it came it be it became one of the most popular sellers in israel that's insane i mean if that's not a confirmation of things uh i don't know what is you know, jesus said i come in the name of my father and me you reject another shall come in his own name and you and he you shall follow. So there's a prophecy right there that Israel in its last state would be in its ultimate state of apathy. And that's kind of like where they're at now. For them to make it mandatory also to have the vaccination uh, is just terrible on the Israelis. Um, you know, this whole thing, looking in Australia, like you said, of being forced that is not the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast means you have to deny the Jesus of the Bible. You can accept a cosmic Christ. You can accept any kind of other goofy heck job, you know, facsimile thereof, but not the real one. And that's our safety. So, you know, you can't be in a coma. They can give you an injection and all of a sudden that turns you into a, you know, a beast. No, it's going to have to be a conscientious rejection of christ so if you haven't done that you don't have anything to worry you know we had a, a friend john darnell uh he did a lot of um satanic ritual abuse counseling and everything and he wrote a book called any other creature question mark and his book you can't even find it now and there's a situation that's happened in Aus he's from australia 
where I don't know if he's even still alive anymore. I've tried to get copies of his book for in my museum. Um, but he addresses the idea of what, when, how can we, with technologies that are around now, getting shots and, you know, getting these things, with nanobots and whatever, how can we know when a person has passed and crossed the line and can they come back? I think that book is the most timely book. It's so important. It should be in everybody's hands. They should be able to read it, have a copy of it to read because it really addresses these kind of situations where if you've been forced into something, don't let anybody tell you that there's no way back. There's always a way back as long as you're breathing. If you seek me with your whole heart, you shall find me. That's a promise. That's a hope. And if you're really concerned about your position with God, I got good news for you. You're concerned only because the spirit of God is drawing you toward him. That's why you're even concerned in the first place. So I don't care whether you're 50% Neanderthal, whether you've got, you know, double row teeth, whether you got six digits in your fingers, whether you're RH negative blood, uh, None of this matters. It's residual traits from from a intermixing that has disseminated into all of the human race. Yep. Um, but whosoever will, even for this five point Calvinist, whosoever will still means whosoever. God's seed will always come back to Him. God is faithful; He leave us nor forsake us. My favorite scripture: Romans eight twenty eight, and then Romans eight uh, thirty six uh, seven and eight. I'm persuaded that neither life nor death nor things past nor things uh, present nor uh, principalities or powers or any other creature can separate us from Jesus. That's a promise that I'm going to stick to, and that's one that we all need to stick to. Um, we're living in confusing times. We can't trust what we see. We can't trust what we hear. We have to just really be guided individually by the Lord, uh, one step at a time. Um, we're getting ready to go on a wild roller coaster ride. This this alien rapture, when it hits, now you know God's spoken to you about it. And he's spoken to me about it. For me, this is something I've been waiting 26 years for. When it happens, it's going to change everything forever. Um, it's going to be the beginning of I mean, COVID. Didn't change hardly anything compared to what this reset. Mark Taylor calls it a reset. I say that that reset. He doesn't realize it necessarily, but. It's the catalyst is going to be this uh, rapture, alien rapture thing and happening in such a way that nobody has ever been taught the proper way of what it would be. Yeah, there was a statement I came across uh, I'd like to borrow from this person. Um, normal is not coming back. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is. Amen. And that's yeah. what it is. We, we are never... From here on out, we are never going back to normal. This is, We're just not. So, yeah, you know, I, you know, start preparing yourself for that. You know, uh, I, I remember, you know, even in my life when times were just much more simple. And, um, you know, I do yearn for it, but I realize this is the point in history that I was born in. Yeah, and this is the timeline and we are, we are approaching the end. So normal is not coming back. There's an intersection, uh, Eric, just about um, not even a mile away from my house. I finally got a picture of it. I know how to do selfies. My, well, I do now, but I never did before. But um, I had a friend of mine take me to the corner, a street corner, underneath the sign so that I could get this because it was going to be the closest I'd ever get to either one of these. It was the intersection of common and normal. And I love it. Common and normal. 
I will never be common. I will never be normal. And I don't have to be, and I don't want to be. Nope. To, to be common, I, and, and you know, most, most of our audience are people that listen. You're neither common nor normal. You never have been. You never will be. So why pursue it? Don't even try to. Be comfortable to be yourself. God made you the way you are so that you would think you could remain faithful to God, but you could think outside of the box and be open for what God is doing, a new thing. We're going to be singing a new song. A new song means things are changing. This is a transitional change that is shattering both heaven and earth. So you are a part of it. But to be a part of it, you're not going to be common. You're not going to be normal. Don't be ashamed that you aren't common. Don't be ashamed that you're not normal. For wide is the gate. So what does that mean? The majority of people are going to go the wrong way. Narrow is the path. And um, to be normal means you're going with the crowd. To be common means you're going to accept uh, and follow the crowd. You've never wanted to do either one of them. Most of our audience has never wanted to do either one of them. Now you can finally feel comfortable in yourself. God created you that way because you're going to be the ones that are going to hear a new song and sing a new song before the Lord. Because God's doing a new thing, a new way. Doesn't mean he's changing anything in the Old Testament or anything that's ever happened up to this part. He's immutable. He's unchangeable. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What it means is there's a new era, a new cycle, a new change about to happen. And we can be a part of it. Or, as the scriptures say, many are called, but few are chosen. Think about that. There's a lot of people called, but not everybody called is going to be chosen. What does that mean? I think more and more what I begin to see in that sense of what it means is that many people are called and have a calling. But if they live a self-willed life, if they're not going to yield to find God's plan and to find out his way of doing things, and we try to hang on to, you know, we're going to help out God. God doesn't need our help. He needs our obedience. Get intimate with him. Know his plan and know his his uh, methods so that you can fit into his ways of doing things and then you can be selected. Uh, he, he needs more than just calling us and using us in spite of ourselves. He wants to bring us to a place where he can use us because of ourselves. And usually that is accomplished. Some of the biggest tests I think that we ever have are when God is wanting us to do something to serve in a capacity where we're never going to get recognition we're never going to be appreciated. We might even suffer persecution for it. And on this planet, we'll never get appreciation or anything for it. But it's the right thing to do because it's the right thing to do. And we do it anyway. These are our biggest tests. This shows God, he not only trusts me, now I can trust him or her. That's the biggest test. Then God uses you because of you, not just in spite of you. And that's where he takes us from glory to glory. Yeah, he elevates the gifts that we have to a higher level. Um, God can't trust you with with um, revelations about people or events if you're going to use it in a negative way and not in a way that brings people closer to Jesus. If you are faithful and can use it in the right way where it does bring people more into the relationship with Jesus, then he can tell you about bigger things, whether it be in the country, whether it be in the world. So the accuracy is there depending on our obedience. 
not our sacrifice, but our obedience. We don't want to do the Cain thing. We want to do the Abel thing. Um, so you know what? I how long has it been? About thirty. Minutes? Uh, we're about we're forty eight minutes in. So we should probably bring it to a close. I think. Uh, but you know, everybody, I gotta apologize. Um, you know, and apologize to Eric too because I, you know, I've been probably busier in this urban area than than he has. But um, I gotta apologize to you, man. We gotta be a little more consistent. We gotta, I gotta make an effort to make sure that we're at least yep. one. We, we, this was too much. I felt like a hamster going a little bit faster than the wheels wanting me to go, and and yep. I got. I got to slow down, but this is important. We got to keep consistent on it. So, my promise to all of you, I'm going to make sure that we do that once a week at least. So, everybody, uh, I thank you and I praise you, everybody, for your patience, for your uh, consideration. Um, I want to close this out in prayer. Just sure, everything can. Sure. Uh, Father in heaven, um, we just come to you. Um, in this turbulent time. Um, we know that, you know, everything is changing in this world and that um, you're going to overturn everything and shake everything um, and really reveal um, to this world um, your glory and to expose evil and the darkness so that it can be fully understood by everybody. We know that time is short on this planet and uh and that you are coming and i pray lord that you will be with your children and uh lead and guide us and give us wisdom and understanding and discernment to be able to stand firm on your promises uh, uh and, and what we are about to eventually face um on this planet in jesus name i pray amen amen all right, everybody, thank you, and, and God bless from Detroit. Uh, good night, and God bless from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Good night. Good night. God bless.